Welcome to the Conscious Business Podcast. I'm your host, Phoebe Lay, and I'm so excited that you're here today. On our podcast, we are going to be talking about the things that inspire you in business to help you create a conscious brand that will not only build credibility and give you more opportunities in your business to thrive, but also help you to create in a deliberate, conscious kind of way. This is a place where meaningful conversations will inspire you to create, pursue, and thrive and shine in business. I am so excited about this episode today because I have a wonderful guest who I have personally worked with myself. Anne Miles is someone that I have so much love and respect for. So really looking forward to having her on the show. Anne Miles is an award-winning marketer and the founder of Suits and Sneakers. She has a global network of top independent talent for marketing and media, as well as advertising in a new model, full service, facilitated and supervised. Anne is passionate about fixing some of the big issues in media, marketing and advertising, as well as an advocate for equality, where she's turned adversity into purpose. And has uniquely herself got decades of experience across most areas of the marketing industry, enabling her to keep an eye on all facets of the industry to ensure best practice. Some people even call her the marketing police, and she is fine with that. Recently, Anne has also been announced as a finalist for two awards in the B&T's Women in Media in the category of Champion of Change as well as Social Change Marker category. And thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It is so lovely to have you. Oh, thank you very much. It's always a bit embarrassing having, you know, be talked about in front of yourself. But thank you so much. I've definitely been having a lot of fun on my mission. And you're such a change maker and your work is absolutely remarkable. Every time I speak to you, I hear the great work that you're doing. And when I recently saw that you have been not only nominated, but you are a finalist in the champion of change and the social change maker category, I was so thrilled that you said yes to coming on this show because this show is all about people who are turning business into purposeful business. And, you know, one of the things that you do really well is juggling not only business but your purpose and how do you do that and how have you managed to be in this industry for so long and still be living with such radiance and being on purpose oh yes thanks for noticing sometimes you think you do all these things in a silo and you feel a bit by yourself and you're right like it does take a lot of energy to do things like above and beyond your day job as well And I'll be honest, there's been times when I've gone, oh my gosh, I'm just doing so much and is it having the impact that I want to? I feel the things that have really made a difference along the way, well, one, thank you for you supporting, you know, people like me doing things like this because that too helps and I'm really grateful. Along the way, I think the things that have really like kept me going, I remember when I was in my first year and I was like, this is harder than I thought. You know, when you've been in a job, you know, the work and the client flow comes in and when you're out on your own all of a sudden it's like oh wow this is kind of harder than I thought and then building a business that was all around you know a purpose topic I was trying really hard to give people a place to be when 
they're kind of seen to be too old or the wrong culture or, you know, the wrong kind of economic background in ad agencies. And I thought they need a home. And so I created it. I think that year winning the, there was an award for Westpac, the Westpac 200 Businesses of Tomorrow. And I feel like when that came in, I just went, oh my gosh, someone's noticed. (laughs) And it just kept me going. And I feel like the other thing that really inspires me along the way is when I see someone badly done by and I'm like, oh, we can't have that. (laughs) So once I saw five really senior creative people being um, retrenched from a big global agency in five different offices around the world. And I just looked and went, that's it. (laughs) That's it. And I sat at my desk, I spoke out loud by myself. And that's when I created the business. And so from then, if I see an injustice, like I'm going to contact them straight away, you know, it keeps me going. (laughs) That's amazing, Anne, because I know that, you know, from speaking to you off air and, you know, the chats that we've had before, you are very much about running business with ethics. And, you know, you've chosen to starve before taking on something unethical before. And I think that's something that is not only unseen and uncommon, but a lot of the time businesses are, they're choosing to follow the commercial I guess what's going to bring in the money and the revenue as opposed to what's right and choosing ethics and best practice over profit. And you've experienced firsthand domestic abuse. You've experienced gender discrimination, even ageism. I mean, you've been in the industry for more than anyone. I know you're one of the 1% of women over 50 who have still remained actively working in the industry. Can you tell us a little bit about the causes that you fight for and what it was like being one of the few people that would stand up for what you believe is right? I know it's really been disappointing in lots of ways that, you know, there's people like me, you know, I am in such a minority in my industry and it's like I feel at the top of my game. I have never been better at my job than what I am now. I've learned so many things, so much more, you know, and I'm going, how can people like us be kicked out? And there's a whole study as to why that is. So that's a really interesting topic for another time. But in a nutshell, people define creativity and innovation in our industry differently than the skill set. And so that's kind of a bit of a long-term battle. But it is a challenge sometimes when you live and breathe ethics and, you know, you're stuck with the commercial challenges and you really have to face yourself. So I've had two challenges along the way, I think, that are quite known to me. Like one was, like you said, I've chosen to starve over um, doing something unethical. And it's embarrassing, but it's true. And I think I might as well be honest about it and I spoke about it the first time I was at the ethical enterprise conference and someone asked you know when's there been an ethical challenge and how was it so what happened was a client that was spending like ten thousand dollars a month on Facebook content and uh, he came saying it wasn't that effective with the agency that he was at and he was looking for an alternative so in my head I'm going ten thousand a month that would put me in the get me going it was like early days in the business it was like a would have been really easy to take and, you know, was under financial pressure anyway when I started my business and so it was quite a pressure point. Anyway, I'm looking at his work and I just went, I can't do this for him. It's just the wrong thing. Like this guy does not need a Facebook campaign. He hasn't got distribution. You're not going to sell one six-pack of beer online because the shipping is going to be, you know, bigger than the whole thing and it's a new flavours and things. Not Someone's not going to invest in a whole lot. So I said what he needed was retail strategy. 
So I basically had to say no and connect him up with a retail strategist and, you know, kind of say, well, come back another day, you know, when that's sorted. And as a consequence, I was like so broke and I had only a few dollars left in my wallet. It was terrible. And I ended up buying a loaf of white bread and having Vegemite sandwiches pretty much every day, every meal for four days. It was like so bad. <laughs> but my ethics, you know, were more important than what I ate. So... <laughs> There was definitely another time too, which is the opposite, when a chemical company came to me and said they wanted a campaign. And most people would think as a conscious capitalist, which is how I define myself, that you would say no to some company that is chemical based. So I was going, oh, what am I going to do here? <laughs> so I had to really pick apart like what matters to me. And I decided that on the basis that they said to me that they were working towards full sustainability by 2025 and they had an active plan to get there. And I asked them if they were open to some kind of community-based campaign concept, which they totally were. And so I went, okay, cool, I'm in. Because I figure I would rather help someone move from being a non conscious through to conscious so I'm not precious about yeah like if they're currently not doing the right thing but if they feel we can help move them so it's two different cups of tea there <laughs> definitely uh, put you on your toes though <laughs> yeah and you have such a unique and purposeful business model design mm-hmm. and I would say that you're a woman who's pioneering the digital marketing space especially for women like myself who are now compared to you I am so fresh in the industry. Uh I mean, I've been in the industry for about five years now. So I do get a sense that business is different now. Like there is a lot more of a focus on purposeful business and business that is conscious and obviously creating better change and positive change. But I'm sure it wasn't always like this. And you've been in the industry for 37 years. And just knowing you personally, I know that it wouldn't have been easy. And you've been through so many different changes and diverse experience. And what would you say was the biggest thing that made you feel a sense of belonging? How long did it take before you felt comfortable with the industry that we're in being marketing and digital and, you know, being a probably in the past more of a male dominated industry? Mm, it really has been, uh, you know, male dominated and, you know, the average worker in the advertising industry and uh, media industry is 27 and male and most of the uh, senior leaders are male. So it's definitely been, yeah, biased age and gender, definitely. And I've had like really crazy things happen, like boss put his penis on my shoulder or someone, you know, breaks into my room while I'm away on a shoot and comes in when I'm in bed, like crazy stuff. And I'm glad though that those things are not really that prevalent in the industry now. I still think there are some challenging things that go on. And in some ways, you know, being in a meeting and completely blanked and ignored for your, you know, amazing insight and then having some man go and repeat it later as if it was his idea, that's actually worse to me than, you know, going, what the hell, you know, get off. So it's still got some work to do. But I do feel excited that, you know, I'm building a new, model there that just can cut out that stuff. A lot of the people in my network, they're hired without exposing age, background, you know, gender. It's about the work and the skills first. So I feel proud to be doing that for them because I guess you learn these things yourself and go, well, I'm just going to make sure no one else has to deal with that. 
So I feel that definitely drives me. And the industry definitely has changed a lot. I feel there is a bit of an ageist thing that, you know, you can't be creative and fresh when you're older. I feel if you're an innovative person from the beginning, then you'll keep being that. I was always, you know, shaking the tree a little bit and it's not always popular, I have to say. First to put digital video into sort of mainstream in our industry. Now everyone's doing it, but I was so bagged for that. And then in-house production in places, um, different types of things came in-house. So it's always, you know, shaking up like there's got to be a better way. And so I'm still like that now. So I think, you know, it's prejudiced to think that, you know, as you get older that you can't be fresh and, you know, you can't uh, shake things up. So I guess, yeah, I guess for me, I just think you have to show it and not just talk about it. And so that's been making a big difference, I think. Absolutely. And you're an advocate for breaking out of stereotypes. You know, stereotypes include things like domestic violence and people that are stereotyped for the way, you know, they choose to be or transgender children as well. Why stereotypes? Could you tell us a little bit more about why Mm -hmm. you chose to stand up for that particular cause? Yeah, it is. It's a really good question. It's actually um, like a summary of all the things I've been through myself. And so all of a sudden clicked and I realised, oh, my God, everything's connected. You know, having been through domestic violence myself, a lot of my experience with that was somebody else's idea of how I should be living my life. And, you know, that expectation that I had to be the little wifey at home serving my husband, he would sit on the couch and have the beer, you know, that kind of thing, or, you know, serve my partner because, you know, he was the man of the house. Being a career woman and kind of gung-ho, capable of doing everything, I could build, (laughs) I can build decking and brought up on a farm. So, you know, some of those things weren't seen to be my job. And so it causes conflict when other people have expectations around you that are different. And so I guess, you know, I was passionate about that anyway. And then I also have a transgender child. And so that was like, oh, okay, the world is not binary anymore. So it's not, you know, he's and she's. There's this fluid line all along. So we're very much in those two boxes in the world outside of marketing and marketing perpetuates it. And then what happened was there was a report uh, done by the UK and it's shown a direct link between the media and marketing and what we put out there on the screen and domestic violence. And I just went, oh my goodness, I know this and I know what to do about it. (laughs) Sort of even though I have a whole business model that's kind of breaking the stereotypes within the industry, then I'm also watching out what gets produced and put into the media. But quietly in the background, I'm also trying to change the um, self-regulation system and I'm trying to get the government to change the laws as well. So there's lots of different laws that relate to equality, whereas the UK has one and the self-regulation system in the UK is quite connected with the law. And in a nutshell, there's like really big penalties. And in Australia, we have none. And the people who are actually breaking the rules are like they're getting notoriety and actually benefiting from the self-regulation system. So I'm, you know, I'm going to have to change that. (laughs) It's it's like on my bucket list, you know, it's got different things. Some people have like, I'm going to see every waterfall in the world or I'm going to, you know, go and see the Aurora Borealis or something. Whereas for me, I'm going to change the self-regulation system in Australia and take stereotypes, negative stereotypes out of the industry 
and I'm going to have a global company. <laughs> so the global company is happening. We've been, you know, doing a job not so long ago with Apple in the US with a Japanese illustrator and, you know, so it's becoming really global. But So I've still got my stereotype thing to finish, but I think it'll be a bit of a road. <laughs> Amazing, Anne. And I'm so excited for the journey ahead for you. You are speaking on stages, talking about not only gender neutral marketing and the power of it, but you're putting humanity into serious brands and gender neutrality in social media. That's not something that is commonly spoken about in the past. And we have so many different talks and people that are sharing about conscious branding and, you know, removing unconscious bias. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about the work that you're doing in society and the change, the great changes that you're making. Thank you. I really appreciate the chance to just even have people hear that we've got this problem. So I really am grateful. Thanks so much, baby. Thanks so much for the work that you do. And not only are you an advocate for all these different things, but you also have your own business, Suits and Sneakers. <laughs> and I'm so, so grateful that, you know, we have connected through Suits and Sneakers because, you know, I firsthand have personally experienced what it's like working with you. And I'd love for you to share with us why you created your brand, how you pushed out this digital agency through Conscious Business. Yeah, I think it did start originally just I was feeling personally kind of pushed out of the industry a little bit and I was also felt there was a job I took on client side thinking, you know, that was a new home. And so I was feeling a bit displaced in the industry, honestly, and I felt there were other really amazing people all out there and I'm going, how are we going to find them? They're like all flopping about and they won't have the momentum. And so I thought I needed a place where everyone could come together and I felt like if I couldn't find a community that existed well I'll just make one <laughs> so then I basically created a, my own family and you know my database now is at 17,695 people or something so it's getting really big so that's a technology solution I need to manage it so that's my next step yeah so I felt like it was very definitely really purpose-driven but also to put meaning into my own life I'll be honest and it really has so I'm kind of excited about that. And then I got, you know, more involved and appreciated by the Australian Marketing Institute as well. So I've been a finalist in some of their awards and I'm a certified practicing marketer. I felt like when I got that certification, funny enough, I was like, oh, I've got a home and a place. <laughs> so I, I can, you know, I define myself as a marketer. And in the past, I'd really been a producer initially. And so I identified with that. And then when that was gone, so there's a bit of a personal story in this as much as, you know, my, you know, bigger purpose as well. That's amazing, Anne, and what an inspiring story. I think that fighting for causes, especially ones that aren't very heard or aren't very common, can mm. be quite tiring. And there are so many different causes that we can want to fight for, but at the end of the day, we only have so much energy and so much time in our day. So what mm. is it that keeps you going? Yeah, I definitely think it's knowing there's progress every day. So I even have like a daggy little, you know, to-do list on my fridge. And so I, you know, tick off how much water I have every day and whether I've exercised. But then I have one column that's, and I call it forward. So it's like, am I making forward motion on my, you know, big mission? 
and I have a personal goal to do one thing every day that moves the whole thing forward. And that can be one thing for my business, one thing for my cause, one thing for, you know, my channel, Suits and Sneakers TV. And so I can tick, you know, forward motion most days because I'm pretty, you know, motivated by it. But like you say, there are days when you just go, oh, this is tiring. And then, you know, people like you contact me, thank you. And then awards at the moment, I go, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I feel that's kept me going. And it becomes accountability as well. So now I'm like a finalist for a change maker and social change categories. I'm like, well, I really better make this happen. <laughs> So I'm on my toes now. I've really got to make it happen. But I also feel like the universe is supporting me a little bit, which is a, like a little bit of a fluffy thing to say. But lately I feel like I'm, I'm finding people who are like really crucial at making it move forward too. So I'm kind of trusting in something bigger with this as well. Even a little thing like I was at some event and someone said, oh, you need to talk to this guy. And he's like the assistant to a senator in the government. I went, oh, okay. You know, I said, give me the one minute pitch. He goes, okay, contact me. Okay, okay. <laughs> so tick. So that's one more step. Yeah. So I'm just trusting. I think also you've got me realizing like when you've got a passion sometimes you can feel like you have to do it like right now in full speed but I actually feel like it'll just happen the right time if I just do one thing that's enough sometimes it's a really big thing and other times it's like a little thing like this is a thing that's moving it forward because other people will hear about it and that means there'll be some awareness so yeah I think one thing a day Absolutely. And I am a big believer in the universe giving us guidance as well and seeing not the coincidences, but seeing the signs. I definitely think that, you know, there's a reason that people come into our lives and there's a reason that we met. That gave me a whole new sense of direction as well, because I remember we met, I think it was just before or right in the middle of COVID. And we talked about LinkedIn. And I remember when I was introduced to you, you were the person that understands not just marketing. And I mean, we've talked about conscious marketing and conscious branding as well, but also Mm. the industry of just ethics and business. So one of the things I think that a lot of people forget is that ethics and business can comfortably go together. Do you agree? And and what are your thoughts on that? I totally agree. But I do think that the world needs a slightly different model around it. So I consider myself a conscious capitalist. And I even um, volunteered to run the day-to-day operations of Conscious Capitalism, which is an organisation. So I was yeah, quite passionate in that. I felt in the end, you know, I had an alignment to my own purpose and cause. So I feel like I'm doing more with that on my own now, but I still define myself as a conscious capitalist. So there's four big pillars that make up a conscious capitalist. One is that you consider all stakeholders. So it's not just about profit. It's about, okay, so how can the whole ecosystem work with everyone's interests in mind? And that includes community and it includes the environment, the planet and all your workers, your suppliers, everything. And it's also a different type of leadership. And I guess, yeah, leading with principles. It's having a purpose behind what you do. And the other thing is, yeah, building a culture that delivers on all of those things as well. You know, sometimes I feel for me to maintain my culture and integrity, I do have to get kind of strong with people sometimes. So <laughs> I think that it is a challenge to keep up all of those things. But 
at the end of the day, you know, I can sleep well at night <laughs> knowing that I've stood up for the ethics of the right thing by the job or the right thing by the people who are paying us, right thing by the community. So it is, it is possible to do both, I think, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I think that you have defined conscious branding, conscious business and conscious marketing so well. It's not only doing the right thing by all parties, but also Mm. being okay with not being popular and creating a culture of best practice, right? Because sometimes we, if we don't stand for what we believe in and if, if we don't stand out and do things that aren't the common path, then things aren't going to change. And that goes for our planet too. I think, you know, there's now a rise in consciousness in the way people consume and the businesses that people choose to buy from business owners are now being driven by a sense of purpose more and more. Definitely. A really good resource that might be useful to people on this topic is to go to the Edelman Trust Barometer. I mean, there's really current ones around, you know, what the world considers a trustworthy company, trustworthy brand and a trustworthy employer. And the current reports have slightly different things than the old ones. But if you dig back, 2019, I particularly like because they dug into some really values-based uh, framework for businesses. And it really makes it clear that the um, general population really do want businesses to be ethical and transparent and all of that now. And it is a big factor in, you know, who they actually choose to purchase from these days. And, you know, a lot of people think that every time they open the purse and make a decision they feel like they're kind of making a vote and so I do think yeah businesses need to be you know much more mindful of it and even to the point where they trust a CEO of a corporation to have more impact in the world than politicians and media as well so I feel it's all the more important than ever actually. Definitely. I always say we vote with our dollar. So it's something that we've got to be more conscious and aware of as well. Definitely. Yeah. And thank you for doing it. And I'm so grateful to have you on the show. I would love to now lead to the rapid fire questions, which I think it's a oh, yeah. time for because there are there are so many different things we could talk about and we could continue on. And I would love to have you back on the show at some point, especially after the 2021 champion of change and social change maker category. I think that there's a lot more to come, but I'd love to get into the rapid fire questions and ask you five okay. quick questions that are going to allow us to get to know you even more and also, you know, for you to share at the top of your mind, you know, these five things. So we'll get stuck into it. So, and who or what is it that inspires you the most at the moment? Yeah, it's funny. I was yeah thinking about that. It's not so rapid, but I don't have one single person, but I have a multitude of people and I pull down the things I love about them and model myself around those. But I think there is a thread of what the values are. I definitely admire people who've built something from nothing and yeah, had a real sort of passion for what they do. That's the probably the one thing. Amazing. And what is it that you cannot do a single day without? Oh, my computer. I'm sort of a bit of a tech head. Like I can build websites and, you know, all kind of nerdy stuff. Oh, my God, I can't do without it. I think I'm the same, although there are (laughs) days where I've got to just switch it off. (laughs) And where do you see yourself or your business in five years' time? 
Yes, five years time, I definitely see suits and sneakers being, you know, much more everyday global. At the moment, it's every so often. So that's a really, you know, big goal of mine. And also to, there's a tech system that I want to have to make it easier for people to find good people in the world. I definitely see the stereotype self-regulation system more accountable by then. So I'm hoping, you know, maybe one year, but let's say five worst case. And personally, that's an interesting question because I feel I get so much meaning out of these work things that, you know, I don't have typical aspirations, other people. I don't aspire to be married. I don't necessarily even think if I had a long-term partner, we might not even live together. I don't have conventional views. So I feel like it'd be just nice to continue to feel like I'm happy with who I am and that I'm making a mark on the world, I think. Amazing. What is one thing that you would like to share with the audience or what's one message that you would like people to take away from today? I know that you like this is one word. So my one word is integrity. It's funny because I've done those life coaching feel good exercises. And if you could put one word on your back, what would it say? And that's my word. Amazing. Thank you so much, Anne. And my last question for you is for anyone that wants to connect with you, either to have you on as a speaker or as an advocate for a cause or just to interview you on their podcast or show, how can people connect with you? I think LinkedIn is probably the easiest and I'm a bit of a LinkedIn super user. So that's a good space. But yeah, my handle is also um, creative via for Twitter and a bunch of other things as well. So you can always just quietly stalk me in the background as well. Amazing. And thank you so, so, so much. It has been such a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show and to hear about the causes that you support and that you fight for, as well as the work that you are doing amongst not only the digital space, but amongst conscious business in general. We are so lucky that we are in a time and an age where there is more consciousness happening in business today. And I think that there's now going to be such a rise of people that are being not only thoughtful about the way they do business, but also about the way they connect with their audience, the way that they market themselves, and also the way they treat their team and the people around them. It is such a pleasure and an honor. I really look forward to sharing this episode with our audience today. And I'm going to be sharing not only, you know, your LinkedIn handle, but also your website, as well as your Twitter, your Facebook and your Instagram, so that more people can connect with you as well. Oh, thanks so much, Phoebe. You're really generous. And I'm, you know, really pleased to be here. And I'm so excited to support you. You've done doing a great job just getting people's, you know, awareness. So thank you. I'm really grateful. Thanks so much. Thanks, Anne. I hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode. Anne takes conscious business literally to the next level and challenges people to step up and stand up for what they believe in. I hope that this episode inspires you to do the same. And I look forward to seeing how she continues to pioneer the digital marketing space. She has been through so much and is such an inspiration. And if you are someone like Anne and you want to stand up for a cause and make sure that what you believe in is heard and that stereotypes are removed, or if you stand for something where there is not many others standing with you, 
then make sure to remember to keep this episode in mind. Stay on purpose and keep thriving and shining.